0: At least one primetime game, even oh, yeah. if it's on a Thursday.
1: Yeah, that's the rule. I would just suggest putting the bad ones later.
0: Like at, like, midnight? <laughs>
1: no, not like not later in the night, like later in the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> that's a good idea, too, though. Like, it's like... Uh,
0: 49ers-Rams, less...
1: 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs>
0: time. Yeah.
1: Perfect is, we know you need something to help you fall asleep. We got just the thing for you. <laughs>
0: If you've been out late on, a, on this Thursday night and you're having trouble sleeping, here's a really shitty game for you yeah. to
1: watch. You can watch this this nine to six Rams forty nine ers game put you right out.
0: So, hello and welcome to the CSR 4th and Short Podcast. This is uh, Brian, joined by John and Brad. How you guys doing tonight?
1: Doing well. Thank Great. you for asking, Brian. It's nice I mean,
0: I, I usually try to ask. I'm sure you're doing shitty anyway, but, you,
2: you know. You even <laughs> pretended to care. I
0: mean, you're getting, you're getting much better.
1: Have you guys ever seen the thing that's like a kid? It, like, what is something that you don't understand about adults and it's like they always ask you how you are and you always say good even if you're not good
0: or that's yeah, how this show starts the, lie. <laughs> the, the other meme out there is being an adult is basically just about talking about how tired you are and how tired the <laughs> other person is so yes yeah adulting 2017 um so the panthers won on sunday how Maybe. about that
1: that was that's fun. I like I like having a winning record. Wins are yeah. Than it's a lot
2: more fun to watch them win than it is to watch them lose.
1: Even though we picked about the well, other no way shit, to BW. win, we try to make it the least um, least visually appealing, at least aesthetically pleasing win we could. Though.
0: Hey, I mean Russell Shepard had that one really nice <laughs> touchdown where I'm pretty sure the defensive lineman hit Cam Newton's arm and somehow it still made it to him, but you know.
1: Cam doesn't get enough credit for how good that throw was. Yeah, he's getting hit and floated it to him. Floated it, hit him in stride. And then... This might sound
0: a little bit racist, but at first I thought that was Ted Ginn catching that pass because of how open he was.
1: <laughs> and the number <laughs> and and the number right. Yep, and the number. And then and but then you remembered when he caught it, like, oh yeah, that's that's not. T- okay, yeah, that's, that's not Ted t- yeah, Ginn. He caught it. <laughs> yeah, he is because Ted Ginn when he's that open, it doesn't. Mean it's not a catch.
0: Ted, the best part about Ted Ginn is he would make the most beautiful routes wide open and then just drop the ball onto the ground.
1: His, his success rate, his catch rate decreased the farther away the closest defender was.
0: And my favorite thing about that is that the Saints were all on Twitter like, oh, Ted Ginn dropped another pass. And we're like, we were trying to tell you that, guys. <laughs> like,
1: This is Ted gone. Ginn. Well,
0: That's Ted Ginn. <laughs> 50-50 catch rate. Yeah, rate you're going
1: to you're going to be super happy that you have him like a couple every couple games or so cuz he's going to catch like a 70-yard touchdown and then the next week he's going to drop an even easier 70-yard touchdown and you'll be like why did we sign this guy?
0: <laughs> oh boy. Oh, Ted Ginn. Oh,
1: yeah, but the 49ers. Like Shepherd is Shepherd's what? what? Shepherd is no good. Shepherd's what?
0: I was going to say Shepherd is like a more sure sure-handed Ted Ginn who also plays special teams, so. Yeah. Well, other than returning the ball, but yeah.
1: Like the the grunt work on special teams.
0: Yeah. But yeah, (laughs) Panthers won. Offensive line looked good. Uh, Yeah. Offense had needed some time to get things going, but, you know, that (laughs) happens when your quarterback is either getting into a rhythm or taking a a shot to his arm to nullify (laughs) the pain.
1: Yeah, I think I'm I'm guessing it was more of a rhythm thing than a, a shot to the arm. Yeah, I mean you never know. I know that's a football thing. It's like some blitz, NFL blitz type stuff, but I think Cam looked good at the end of the first half too. I think he just kind of found his groove a little bit because as what normal as what normally happens, we go in the hurry up at the end of the half and Cam always looks better when we play with some pace. So that's so of course 90% of the time we never we don't play with pace.
2: Yeah, why would we do that? That's dumb. <laughs>
1: It's, it's, I don't, it's, it, apparently, it's like cams out there, like, throwing darts, hitting everybody, like, on, on time, on target, when we go hurry up, and then, uh, the, but other than the two-minute drill, we go, uh, we're gonna break the huddle with 12 seconds on the play clock.
0: But that's the yeah. thing, 2015, they own the play clock, they own the, uh, possession time, so, I mean,
1: Again, it uh,
0: works, right? That makes me more angry than just about <laughs> anything the Panthers
2: do. <laughs> is waiting until there's 3 seconds left on the play clock to snap the ball. Every, I hate that shit.
1: I do too. every offensive like start of a play is so stressful. Cuz it's like snap 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 I think they okay, got it.
2: Yeah, and it doesn't <laughs> have to be that way.
1: No. Me and my brother <laughs> were watching, sorry Brian. Me and my brother were watching like the Monday night games and we we're like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait. Why are they snapping the ball at 14 seconds on the play clock? This is this can't be allowed. Why why don't we do that?" I get that there's something to be said for the uh, the time of possession thing, but it's so just yeah. boring to watch. I,
2: like, I get it when when you're up by ten with like six minutes to go in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take as you know, don't snap it until there's one second left. But we do this shit when we're down by three <laughs> with like a minute to go. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense at all.
1: Plus, we have the thing where we use all of our first half timeouts to stop from getting delay of game calls. And then, yeah, that's 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 not good.
0: Yeah, it's frustrating. The only redeeming quality I can say for that style of offense is that in 2015, and it seems like they're still doing that. uh, Mike Shula essentially rolls out like four plays for Cam Newton and be like, all right, whatever coverage you decide that you see, call that play. And that can take some time, but whenever Cam Newton's clapping his hands for the ball, I'm like, Okay guys, snap the ball. <laughs> those
1: are the <laughs> like, those are the worst. There's like four seconds on the play clock and Cam sees like oral about around how many like clapping cla- he's clapping his hands and it's like Ryan Khalil's like looking over at the guard you good, looking over the other guard you good, checking the watch and just like the whole time Cam's like snap it like trying to yell them to snap it and they're just kinda of taking their sweet time. It's like why what are we waiting for?
0: Yeah. Yep. So speaking of that- Cam
1: Uh, Go
2: ahead. I was just going to say that problem can be fixed if Mike Shula would stop doing what you said, where he gives him, you know, half the freaking playbook (laughs) and says, you know, pick one of these eight plays. Just give him the play, and then if it's not there, just let Cam do whatever Cam does. I mean, yeah, it would work out so much better.
1: I feel like we don't have the audible. We don't see the or last year, and then last week we didn't see the audibles of the line like we saw in 2015. That might be Mm. misremembering. I might just be misremembering. I just feel like 2015, we had more time. We still snapped it late, but we had more time to see Cam doing all his gyrations and snap counts and stuff, hard counts and stuff.
0: It's tough to see. It's really tough because you don't know sometimes when Cam Newton is audibling, like, because it could be just like a different inflection on how he does the hard count. It could be a random motion with his hand, you know, like it's, it's not easy to tell when he's audibling because you don't want the defense to figure out that you're doing that. So, you know, it's, yeah, it is what it is. Like it's, there's definitely a time management issue there, regardless of what they're doing. But if they're winning, they're winning. And right now we're, the Panthers are one to know. So
1: yeah. Undefeated. Do we
0: keep, keep doing what you're exactly keep <laughs> doing what you're doing. But, uh, so speaking of Cam Newton and his, uh, Time management skills so didn't look too sharp on the throws in the first half obviously in the second half he looked like he did pretty well um are you guys concerned about week two cam newton coming out there at least in the first bit of the game i'm not a little
1: bit you go first because i don't really have a whole lot i'm I yeah you go first brad
2: well I'm not really quote unquote concerned I just I know that these things take time, and what we're seeing is cam is basically playing the preseason and I think we're gonna see another first half like we saw last week where he's gonna take a little bit of time to get get himself you know into the rhythm of the game uh, I think it'll take less time than it took last week. I don't think we'll see you know almost the entire first half. I think maybe the first quarter uh, he's going to look a little rough, but I do think that as the season goes on, we're going to see it less and less until, you know, it's going to take about three weeks for him to be fully there. Um, Cause like, you know, he took, he threw what, th- um, four passes the whole preseason. So two, two. Actually. yeah. Yeah. He threw two passes the entire preseason. So we're, we're still seeing, what we would be seeing from Cam in, like, the second preseason game. So, you yeah. know, I'm not worried about it. I'm just – I'm not expecting him to go out there and throw for, you know, 300 yards in the first half.
1: Yeah, and, and then the two throws he did make in the preseason were about as easy a throw as you could make. Like, yeah, underneath throws, not a whole lot of reading the coverage or anything. I think the McCaffrey was a check down, so he – but, you know, he wasn't challenging his arm or challenging what he was seeing to make the throws he made. Um, which I think was the big thing. Do what I want to see <clears throat> is um, I don't know how, if if we're really that confident in his shoulder, I would like us to like let him run a, early in the game a time or two because we've always talked about he seems to get in the game better when he, when he runs. And uh-huh. somebody said this, and I didn't go back and verify, but they said that, that you know, that rollout that he had, that he kind of got flipped up as he went out of bounds and he scared everybody by not getting up right away yeah that, I love that <laughs> after it's yeah afterwards it's I love it in the moment in that three seconds is like he better be faking it again um that might have been like the turning point where he started kind of sharpening up where he, once he kind of got he got hit a little bit got out moving kind of got involved in the game and it's easier for him to find his groove I don't want us to completely get rid of the whole cam Newton running aspect because I know we want to keep him healthy but that's also part of what makes him so good
2: yeah, we can't cut it out completely. Like you said, that's what makes him cam. I mean, yeah. If we're gonna put him back there in the pocket and never let him move, we should we should just trade him and get somebody like Mike Glennon. You know, somebody who doesn't know how to leave yeah. the pocket. Um, but you know, I, I'm with you. I hope we do see more of it.
1: Yeah, like the six carries, which I don't even. I was surprised he even had like six carries because I think they were like kneel downs or half of them for like five yards is not what I want to see from Cam going forward. He's one of like the best dual threat quarterbacks the NFL's ever had. We shouldn't, shouldn't neuter him like that.
0: But hey, if you're winning by 20 points, you know.
1: Yeah. I just I would we were yeah, I mean it, would, it wouldn't be something I'd call like later in the game when we're up by 20, but get him involved early. Yeah. Get him get the blood flowing a little bit. Yeah. But this week might not be the best week for that too cuz if everything goes to plan this game will probably be about the same difficulty levels of 49ers game
0: you know I actually see it as I see it as being a little bit more of a competitive game to be honest um LaShawn McCoy obviously one of the top running backs in the NFL uh mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor is a bit underrated as far as his efficiency as a passer and obviously he is a pretty fast quarterback when he runs yeah um Offensive weapons-wise, the only one that I can really recognize and say, oh, that guy might be a problem is Charles Clay. Um, But on defense, they got Kyle Williams, Marcel Darius, uh, you know, a couple good linebackers there. They have a decent front seven, and we know that Sean McDermott can make a decent defense happen with decent pieces. He doesn't need a top 10, top 5-level player at every position. So...
1: Yeah, I think I think
0: it's going to be closer than people realize.
1: I think the Bills are a much better team than the 49ers, but will that will kind of be offset by the home field. We're, we're going to be at home as opposed to playing on the West Coast and I think it'll be a, a sharper Cam Newton in offense in general to kind of offset the fact that the Bills are a much better team than the 49ers. Though McCoy and Taylor scare me just cuz they're so quick. Yeah. He doesn't come break free I, at any time.
3: Plus,
2: we've got Mike Tolbert's revenge. You know, we're going to get <laughs> oh. a big dose of that. Get your goggles, boys.
1: I was so surprised no. how much they used him last week. Yeah, he's like, like
2: their, he's like RB2 for them, he's isn't their, he?
1: legitimately their second running back. Like, he had 10 carries, and he only caught one pass, but he got targeted, like, three or four times. Like, he's a focal point of their offense. I mean, part of that was him being ahead and playing the jets but, like, is that really... That's him? why they
0: cut... That's why they caught Jonathan Williams, because yeah. Mike Tolbert's so good, you know?
1: I mean, obviously. Yeah. Like, we had to let him go so we could make room for McCaffrey. <laughs> if we didn't let him go, you know, Mike Caffrey might—we'd be, we'd be fighting for touches back there. Yeah. And I legitimately, with our coaching staff, wouldn't be surprised if Tolbert was stealing snaps from McCaffrey if he was still here.
0: Oh, totally. He, <laughs> <laughs> he'd be the wildcat
1: guy. Yeah, <laughs> He's he's for whatever reason I don't know what it is I guess he's just so likable. Coaches seem to like him better than fans do. They're seeing something we you know, don't.
2: Brian, you brought up a good point, and I know it would wouldn't work, but I would actually enjoy watching Mike Tolbert run the Wildcat.
0: <laughs> That's
2: what football is supposed to be.
0: I mean, do you guys remember the Fat Cat, the Fat Cat with Brad Hoover as the uh, Wildcat back a few years back? Yeah, I, several I don't. years back. Yeah. Yeah, that's been a long time ago. <laughs>
1: that's just like straight that
0: was uh, that was pre Jimmy Clausen, I think, uh, yeah, two thousand nine with uh, Matt Moore. Matt Moore taking yeah. over for Jake Delhomme. They ran the fat cat with Brad Hoover. Yeah, those like were the days. Carry.
1: That's like oh, man, nineteen forties football where there's not even a forward pass like possibility. You just yeah, you just put exactly. t- you just put line of one guy behind the ball and ten guys right in front of him and you just push forward as far as you can.
0: That's exactly what they did. <laughs> it worked. Man, that's just it sick. worked for those three yards, yeah. <laughs> just
1: three. Hey, if you pick up three yards every play, you're gonna score touchdowns every drive.
0: I mean, Mike Tolbert might fumble the ball though. That's the only issue there. Is that <laughs> He
1: Mike Tolbert is like when you have a ninety five pound dog and it thinks it's a lap dog. <laughs> like That's a
2: very good description.
1: He's like <laughs> <laughs> You know it's good um you like we've seen him so many times like Mike Tolbert gets the ball and he, he gets outside and he's got one-on-one with the DB and he tries to like sidestep him and trips over his own feet and falls and it's like Mike you got this guy outweighed by 80 pounds why you just run, run straight through him yeah run
0: over him well in his early years he could do that I mean like I'm pretty sure he juked out either Brian Urlacher or Julius Peppers in his earlier years as a Panther but that's not in him anymore. Like,
1: yeah, and that's what I'm saying. He's
0: <laughs> juking, and it's like it's like a soft wave. Yeah, that's what I'm ocean. saying. Like, he doesn't like. Oh no, he... I have this. I have this really shallow tide wave coming at me. What am I going to do? Oh no!
1: <laughs> it just. I just remember a couple times last year because he was so ineffective in his last couple of years. He could get the ball on like a swing route, and he would go and like try to do like a spin move on a defensive back, and just kind of fall over while barely being touched. And he'd have like two yards short of the first down. Come on, Mike. You're you're old, you're large. This is not how you need to be playing football.
0: <laughs> oh man. And uh Joe Webb. Joe Webb's a bill now too. You're
1: gonna steal our offensive secrets? <laughs> what do you guys think of that that theory that teams um turn to former players to pick up on to like get secrets and tendencies from their opposition.
2: I think they do it, but I don't think they really get as much information as some fans think.
1: That's my thing too. Cause like the Boulware thing is a very obvious, like looks like a very obvious. Yeah. Defense. There's no
2: other reason that the 49ers signed Ben Boulware. I mean, let's be real.
1: Yeah. He was there for like what, three days and then cut the day after the game.
2: Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And he was smart because he, he signed a lease on a <laughs> condo.
1: <sighs> Come on, Ben, you, you gotta be smarter than that.
2: You got to be smart. You got to know why they brought you in. It and sucks. I'm sure they they asked him one question. You know, they brought him in, they put him on the practice squad, they called him into the coach's office and they said, "How do we stop Christian McCaffrey?" Yeah. And that's pretty much all they said. And he well,
3: probably
0: looked at the coach and said, "Uh, I don't know. You can't. We can't, you well, can You j- can't." So, that's actually brings up a good point, not the whole Ben Boyer giving out secrets thing but this is something i was considering earlier this week but it seemed like christian mccaffrey and jonathan stewart were more of the central parts of the playbook against the niners and i'm almost wondering if carolina did that on purpose because of cam newton's limited throwing motions to the shoulder like it seemed like they were focusing on mccaffrey stewart to alleviate the issues that would come up with uh cam newton's arms he wasn't quite 100 percent yet so what do you guys think about that
1: i mean that would make sense like
0: i think that's part of it yeah
1: ease him into it really focus on the running game and short passing game i think also part of it is you know i guess there's a two it's like it's a two-sided thing one of it is it's very easy just like human nature you have a new toy you want to use it as much as you can right away so we have Christian McCaffrey, and I'm sure Mike Shula is just very excited to try to do all the things he can with Christian McCaffrey right out of the gate. And I think also that sets him up as, yeah, look, we're actually, we actually want to get this guy involved. You need to pay attention to him. He's a big part of this team.
0: Well, on top of that, McCaffrey is like a limited quarterback's best friend because he's a short yardage mm-hmm. back and he's a, uh, a running threat too. So throw the ball to him short, run the ball with him. You know, it just seemed like Carolina was making their playbook and their game plan around him more so than Cam Newton to me. Yeah, and
1: I would agree with
0: that. It makes a lot of sense because if Cam Newton's not 100%, you make it. Because, like, it wasn't like McCaffrey was overly effective. Like, the Niners were pretty well prepared for him. I mean, mm-hmm. he had, like, what, like 80 all-around all yards, which is, like, yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. But, like, to any of us people who have been following the Panthers for a while we know McCaffrey is he's capable, capable of much better than that
1: yeah yeah the 49ers did a good job he, he didn't break off any big plays which is going to be the big thing to help those yardage totals and stuff which the 49ers did they devoted a lot of attention to him, which was also surprising for a rookie that's never gotten any live action like that they're prepared for that but I think Kyle Shanahan's gonna be a good coach for them
0: well the whole decoy theory is uh it has a lot of ground to it because they mixed him in really fast really early where it was like the Niners defense had to be like okay this guy's a big part of their game plan we gotta do something to uh contain him so it makes sense like uh that one touchdown with Stewart where it was a screen pass to Stewart they used McCaffrey as a decoy the linebackers came off and essentially guarded him and then suddenly he's blocking for a jonathan stewart touchdown it's like you know he's got value other than just being the guy you throw the ball to so
1: yeah and i think i've been pretty uh on mike shula's case in the comments last week that are about the lacking of creativity in our offense and that was one of the examples of a, a creative play design to get somebody open based on the play design and not just counting on them to win on with their skill and it worked out well. We need. I would like to see more of that. By the way, breaking news: Deshaun Watson just ran for a 49-yard touchdown in to the, the half, basically. Wow, pretty good stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, back to Panthers. Um, yeah, that was. I like using him as a decoy. Hopefully, that's a sign of things to come. That we having that matchup problem opens things up for other the rest of the team. I mean, we gave him a bunch of targets, so he's going to be a focal point. He, had, he led the team in targets on Sunday, so that's going to be a big point of emphasis for McDermott. I'm assuming in the week, in the week coming up.
0: Yeah, I mean McDermott's going to know the defense. Like, let's be honest here. I mean, like. Wilkes has... Wilkes is obviously a new defensive coordinator, but he's not doing things that are all that different with the defense. No, you know? it's
1: not like a whole display
0: They the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I think... Throw he, a few
0: weird blitzes in there here and there, but McDermott's going to know how to uh, exploit this defense. So the uh, the play calling is going to be a big deal this week because, you know, the... McDermott knows the strengths and defenses, the the strengths and weaknesses of this defense. So the one thing that he's gonna exploit it.
1: The one thing that Wilkes does differently than McDermott, and I think it will play to our advantage with the Bills in particular, is that Wilkes is much seems much more willing to play up on the line, play man coverage, pressure the quarterback and not play as much of it. But you know, play a more aggressive style. And I think the biggest weaknesses we have always said with the Panthers defense is like pass catching backs and tight ends just kind of catching everything underneath the zones we tend to drop into and that's basically where all of the bills receiving talent is in the passing game is charles play and michael mccoy like i think 19 of their 28 pass attempts went to backs and tight ends last week and i think Wilks, the way Wilkes calls the game on defense is better suited to stop that the way mcdermott called it for us in the last few years
0: well it's true i mean like uh Coleman, Keekley, Davis, you know, Thompson, they all had great plays against like checkdowns this week, mm-hmm. this past week. They were, they were ready for them. And I think it's going to be a very similar game plan because Shanahan threw out the exact game plan that normally was a good, was a good plan against yeah. the Panthers defense. Cause it was quick passing. You know, you don't allow the pass rush to get there at least theoretically, but the Panthers <laughs> were prepared for it. And, uh, I think that uh, McDermott's going to try something similar with Taylor, and it probably won't work out so well as similar to the uh, Niners game.
1: Yeah, and then the only thing, the only the main difference is, because Hyde is also a very, very good back in his own right, and his pass catching doesn't get enough credit. Um, this is the big difference is that Taylor is going to be able to elude pressure much better than Hoyer was. Right. So right. as, long, as long as we keep him, but we've always, I mean, I might, it seems like we were very disciplined when we rushed the passer compared to some other teams. Like we, <clears throat> everybody stays in their lanes. Well, um, everything kind of, especially cause we had so much pressure up the middle. There's not going to be a lot of room. Hopefully that theoretically, there wouldn't be a lot of room for Taylor to, to run around and get away.
0: Well, on top of that, this, uh, this group of defensive linemen is like one of the deepest the Panthers have had in mm-hmm. years. um, you know, Addison, obviously, Johnson. But Peppers has been playing well from the start. Uh, Wes Horton last week had his fourth his fourth strip sack out of the last five games, which I found. I did to be not neat.
1: know that. That is impressive. Yeah. You could have won some yeah, big so, money if you bet the uh, Wes Horton will get the first sack for the Panthers this season.
0: Yeah. And uh the linebackers all came in on good pass rush, like Thomas Davis obviously got a sack and Thompson got a sack but Thompson in general I saw him he was coming in free and he was coming in with some wild pressure on those uh, on those blitzes like the Panthers have a lot of good pieces for rushing the passer and that's obviously you know a big deal for really any any defense or really mm-hmm. any going against any offense like if you can rush the passer with that kind of with that kind of frequency they're not. They're going to struggle, no matter who it is, whether it's Tom yeah. Brady or Brad Hoyer.
1: You know, that's basically the scouting report for almost every quarterback. Is like, well, if you pressure them and knock around a little bit, you get them off their game. Yeah. So yeah, but I. I mean, it's. I feel. I feel very good about the Bills game. Um, like I said, I just. I, they, they. Beat the, the Jets by nine. Like they didn't run away against the Jets, who are probably going to be the one. They look like they'll be one of the worst teams in recent memory. So, I think yeah,
2: they're they're gonna go one and fifteen if they're lucky. I mean, they might (laughs) even go they might even go over on the year. I mean, they're they're awful.
1: Another thing to keep in mind, and this obviously isn't this is half joking, but the Bills probably don't like Brandon Bean. Probably is wouldn't be too upset if they lost. Like I don't know if he really wants them to go two and zero to start the season because they every move they made this offseason seemed to be preparing themselves to clean house and be as open as possible to build into the future. Starting two and zero, hurting that they're already hurting their draft spot, their draft stock. If they were to go that route,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, like Sammy Watkins was not successful to them. Yeah, to be honest, like. Jordan Matthews is a guy where it's like he was a second round pick for the Eagles, so they don't have to uh, deal with the whole first uh, fifth year option with him. Um,
1: yeah, I understand they're not picking up Watkins' option because it's guaranteed for injury, and it's probably going to be like what twelve million dollars or something that'd be guaranteed if he inevitably got hurt. But the trading oh, be more of, than that or whatever. It's what, what top ten for his position. Average. I yeah. think so. Yeah. So yeah, like fifteen. I don't know. I don't know salary cap numbers off the top of my head.
0: I like what the Bills have done. Mm-hmm. I, I do just too. don't know. They're just not going to be competitive this year, in my opinion. Yeah, like
1: that's that's what I was saying. Yeah, it's but like,
0: it gives it gives them the opportunity to move past Tyrod Taylor if they don't feel he's the right quarterback. Which he kind of seems like he is right now, but at the same time, he's they he, haven't been super successful. But he's got he's been he's been an efficient quarterback for them, despite the fact that his best receiver was like Robert Woods for the last two years. Yeah. So.
1: Well, it was funny. Just, I was like, you know, I'm looking at fantasy stuff and the Panthers ESPN projection had like, Oh, there are big turnover opportunities this week against Tyra Taylor. It's like Tyra Taylor does not turn the ball over. He seems like he's in that tier where he's like almost in that tier where he's too good to replace. But like not quite good enough to build a team around. Like he need to be he needs to be surrounded by the right kind of team to be successful. He's not like a he's not in that like Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton tier. He's kind of in that like Ryan Tannehill Sam Bradford tier.
0: But he's Which, not a tall white guy who can kind of throw <laughs> the ball though.
1: He can I know. He's 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 much smaller and less white. I don't know how he can succeed, but uh, he's 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 definitely probably up there in terms of like the fear factor, at least from a fan's perspective. Just because I'm sure it's something that people have always think when they face Cam Newton. It's just like you know you can do everything right on a given play in pass defense, and he still will run around your entire team and for 70 yards. Yeah, which is probably one of the most demoralizing things for defense.
0: Exactly. Um, So I guess I'll go to the uh, similar to the Eric thing with uh, three up, three down. But so I'll start with Brad since he's been pretty quiet recently. Um, Good. Who's the guy that you're most that you're most uh, invested in watching for the next game? I got to go with my
2: boy Demir, uh, <laughs> Demir. All right, Demir. I, you know Ron said he wants to get Demir Bird and Curtis Samuel more snaps, so I want to see, I want to see that happen. You know, don't be a liar, Ron. Um, yeah, put him that, on the field.
1: How many snaps did he get on Sunday? Do You know,
2: like two, I think. I saw.
1: I know. I I remember seeing. I him saw him
2: on like, the field, but I don't know how many it was.
1: Yeah, I didn't see Samuel at all. I'm sure he was out there a couple times, but I didn't notice him.
0: Nah, Samuel didn't get any snaps on offense.
1: Wow, that's disappointing. Yep. <laughs> um, got, uh, so, John, who
0: who are you looking at?
1: Um, I'm going to go to an old guy. I would want us to get Greg Olsen back involved. I'm really rooting for him to get that 1,000-yard season again, and catching two passes for 18 yards is not a good start for that. Um, no, it's not. I think – the Bills. I don't know anything about. I don't know a whole lot about them defensively, but I don't think they have anything. They're anything special when it comes to stopping tight ends. And if there's if our with McDermott have anything or any show anything, I think we could exploit them with the tight end because they definitely don't have Luke Keekly and Thomas Davis out there uh, patrol in the middle of the field. So I like more Greg. I'd like to see more looks for Greg.
0: No, I mean, it's definitely feasible. Um, The offense wasn't really in sync when it came to uh, the the downfield passing game, which is obviously there were Olsen excels. Um, So I have uh, my player that I'm going to piggyback with that that with is uh, Kelvin Benjamin, because the last time that Kelvin Benjamin faced the Bills, he scored two touchdowns, and the player that he beat was Ronald Darby. And Ronald Darby... Is no longer with the team.
1: He also doesn't so, have an ankle anymore.
0: And, yep. yeah, and his legs gone. <laughs> um, so I think that Benjamin's going to have a really big game against the uh, the Bills because I think Cam is going to start stretching the ball down the field a little bit more now that he's more comfortable and now he's got some his feet wet slightly. So I think that Benjamin's going to end up having a big game, possibly like, I don't know about a ho- over 100 yards, but I could see him having two touchdowns next week.
1: Yeah, so. just depending on kind of how the game flow works because looking for him in the end zone. Um, I would like – I know we're limited by Cam's both health and or uh, just general, you know, feel for the game at this point. But I would definitely want to see our downfield passing game kind of wake up because it was completely non-existent against 49ers.
0: Eh, it was non-existent until the second half. I'll put it that way. Well, yeah, there's. But, I yeah. guess
1: yeah. Cam threw a couple of darts. He threw a good one to Greg and and Kelvin. But it, it was. It's not. It's not what we're used to seeing. Is more what I'm saying. Yeah. A very a very light day on the passing. Really, the offense as a whole, though. I mean, we averaged three yards a carry for the game. I Really want to see that improve. For as I mean, we took took us 38 carries to get 116 yards. That's not. Not great.
0: I don't know the Niners. The Niners' front seven is underrated. They have
1: it wasn't Armstead. Last year. They
0: had Solomon Tom. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they have Armstead. They have Solomon Thomas. They had Navarro Bowman. You know, like they have a pretty solid group on the front seven. Yeah. So I basically, think- oh, go ahead.
1: I was like, I think they got better, but I just, I just. When I think 49ers run defense, I think of that stretch that they gave like they gave Fozzy Whitaker was the starter for their stretch where they gave up 100 yards to like seven straight backs including Fozzie Whitaker, who's never had more than like 50 yards in any other game other than that one. So I was kind of yeah. hoping to see us kind of uh, you know, light it up a little bit on there. A little disappointing to see. No no big plays, just kind of chugging along until the end when we finally that that last 8-minute drill really pushed Well they made
0: They made a concerted effort to make Carolina throw the ball Mm -hmm. to win that to win that game, too, which made sense since, you know, no one really knew where Cam Newton's arm was at. So I can't say I blame them for that game plan and selling out to stop the run, because I saw that several times like they they weren't they were they were making a very, very, very big effort to stop the run. Yeah. With McCaffrey, Stewart, no matter who it was. So,
1: One other thing on the run game. Uh, I was saying one thing that we saw a lot of you know, leading up to the preseason, and it kind of quieted after the preseason started, I felt like a lot of people thought we were going to use McCaffrey as a receiver as much, if not more, than as a running back, which I always thought was a little silly. Um, and we used him exactly how we thought we would. He's, he's a running back. He gave 13 carries. Very good running back workload, and and we also with with the bonus of him being a pass catcher instead of the other way around, where he's a pass catcher with the bonus of being able to take handoffs.
2: Yeah, I've never understood that either.
1: I thought we I I thought we used him how he should be used for the most part. One other thing just to go to like an around the league thing so we the panthers we had thirty eight rush attempts compared to twenty five pass attempts very not twenty seventeen
0: <laughs> and
1: I noticed a lot like around the league that was a very much more common than I'm used to seeing it like the the bills i think had more run yeah the bills had a heavy run uh run pass thing. The Ravens had over twice as many runs as passes. The the Rams had more runs than passes. Like you can go like it seemed like almost more teams than not in the NFL had more runs than passes. Is this the start of the shift back to the run game? I think so. Is like 'cause you know how people it's always, you know, things go in cycles. And it's like, you know, everybody's building up for speed to to counter all the passing game and stuff. And we've we've talked about, is the NFL going to start shifting back the other way where to counter everybody getting smaller and faster, teams start getting bigger and stronger to just run all over them. And it's a weird week. A lot more running the ball than I'm used to seeing from NFL teams. And we're, of course, right at the forefront of that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I personally hope that that is what we're seeing because I like, you know, smash-mouth style, you know, run-it-down-their-throat football, and I'm kind of hoping that we are (laughs) trending back in that direction.
1: What about you, Brian?
0: I'm sorry, I missed that. I was distracted. What was the question?
1: (laughs) I said, like, around the league, it seemed like there was a heavy amount of teams that ran the ball significantly more than they threw the ball. And I was asking, like, do you guys think the NFL is actually starting to trend back that way, or is this just a a blip where it's week one and teams don't know what they're doing yet?
0: It's week one. Offenses are always ugly. I mean, like, I'm going to go back to 2015. You know, Carolina won by, like, three points against the Jaguars, and part of that had to do with the Josh Norman return for a touchdown. Like, offenses are still fi- trying to find their way against defenses that are now throwing out the best they have to they have to to do in a regular season game. So I think that the whole like ru- the running game being the comeback and stuff is going to is a little bit overblown just because the NFL offenses are still all about passing. There's a lot of offenses out there that have a lot of good receivers and a lot of good quarterbacks and their emphasis is not as much on rushing the ball as much as it is just let's run the ball when we need to, to spell the passing offense. So
1: yeah. make Keep defenses honest, basically. It's more of a, yeah. Yeah. Built around the passing game run to make sure they can't that, you know, make sure they know, like, Oh, you remember we can do this handoff thing still. So pay attention to that.
2: You just got to negotiate the ball down the field.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I, I I'm all for uh, success and efficiency and stuff. It just as from a fan entertainment perspective, I'm a little. I guess I'm a little different than you, Brad. A little more new school. Um, I, I would if I had a choice. I'd rather not run twice as much as pass. It gets a little. It gets a little tedious. It's my well, see, another thing. It's another my thing.
2: Yeah, it's your millennial laziness. <laughs> Another thing, um, when when teams run the ball twice as much as they throw, the the game goes faster because the clock is always running.
1: Yeah, that happened. Uh, it seemed like that happened on Sunday in our game.
2: Yeah, the game was like three hours, barely three hours. It it seemed like um, three and a half hours, maybe, but it wasn't. You know, almost five hours, like a lot of NFL games tend to be. Yeah, and. I, I like that because you know I have stuff to do. I, I don't want to be watching an NFL game for you know half of the day.
1: Yeah, that's a, that is a pro. Um, definitely a benefit is getting the games, getting through the games faster. I mean, it, does, it doesn't matter too much to me because on Sundays I'm not doing anything anyway. But for the night games and stuff, yeah, I wouldn't mind if our if our like Monday night game ends at like eleven thirty instead of one o'clock a.m. We can run the ball a lot on on the primetime games. It's my it's my compromise.
2: But millennials don't compromise. What are you? Why are you compromising?
1: <laughs> you're a millennial too. No, I'm not. Don't you dare say that. <laughs> you're you're like right on the border, aren't you? You're like right on the. the I, I
2: actually am right on the border. Between- I what is it? I'm between Gen X and Millennial. I have yeah. tendencies of both. Yeah, so like gonna... <laughs> my my life is dependent on my cell phone and my internet access. Internet access. But I... at the same time, I remember what it was like to actually go outside.
1: You're like right in the middle of like you just you're like the forgotten generation where yes, the baby boomers yeah. complain about the millennials ruining everything and the millennials like millennials are ruining stores and everybody's lives and baby boomers millennials are like baby boomers are ruining the housing market and our lives. So we just kind of ruining each other's lives. Yeah, and then your generation, my, my, my kinda, generation,
2: we're sitting here <laughs> like, Hey, what about us? Yeah. You
1: know? We're not ruining anything. We're just kind of here. We hate both of you. <laughs> um, exactly. But yeah, that's my millennial take on football. Uh, speed is good, but I like the entertainment factor of the, uh, the especially when we have Cam Newton as our quarterback. I think, that's more my thing. Is I like I like it when we really, you know, focus, make Cam the focal point because he's such a unique talent and he's so good. If we had, if we were like the Forty Nineers, and we had Brian Hoyer leading the charge, I'd probably be like, yeah, let's run Carlos I forty five times a game. Yeah. So let's let the good players do the do the stuff.
2: Now if I'm a neutral fan and I'm just watching it because I want to watch football, I don't care one way or the other. Yeah. I will I will say that. Um cuz you know I can just turn it off at any time, but <laughs> um especially with college football, I do like to watch like Washington State play somebody cuz I, I don't think Mike Leach has ever run the ball like ever. <laughs> I th- I don't think you know, it's fourth and inches, and he's losing by two. He's not going to run it. He's going to throw it <laughs> seventy yards.
1: They're they're up it, they're up by thirty points and in, in into the game, and they just like, all right, we're going to run our ball control offense, uh, bubble screens.
2: Yeah, it it doesn't matter. He his quarterback throws it eighty times a game.
1: It's, yeah, those see that's too far in that direction for me. Like some college, there's a very narrow. There's a lot of college games that I just find unbearable, and one of those are some of the ones where they throw the ball 75 times, and the other ones are when they're the exact opposite, like the Georgia Tech triple option, and then what UNC Charlotte has done for a long time, where you just run the ball every single play because your quarterback can't throw. That is just, yeah. that's like watching paint dry.
2: The only school in the entire country that is allowed to run the option and it be cool and everybody's okay with it is the Army and Navy. That's it. (laughs) Nobody else is allowed to do it. Even the Air Force doesn't run the option. Go
1: ahead. Sorry. Yeah, Georgia
2: Tech, they need to get an offense. They can't be doing that crap. And, you know, everybody else that runs it, like Wofford and... UNC. It's always the one, like barely FCS like schools that do. Yeah,
1: it. because it's hard. They can't find quarterback talent. They can't find quarterbacks. Yeah. So they just recruit extra running backs and just put one of them at quarterback. So I'm I'm at the Bills site right now to get back on the Panthers topic. So the Bills have a fantasy football preview. want you guys take, uh, let me see if this is. You guys agree with this take? Um, Cam Newton, fifteen of forty-two for one hundred and twelve yards, three interceptions. McCaffrey, twelve attempts for thirty-one yards, two fumbles lost. Benjamin, three catches, twenty-six years, yards. Olsen, three catches for thirty-two yards. Seem likely.
2: <laughs> um, the Super fans on Saturday Night Live weren't that homerific. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty bad. The two um, fumbles
1: <laughs> lost makes me think it's a an exaggeration, but I don't know the guy. I so think I'm, so. Yeah, I'm you never like know. Serious. Yeah. That um,
2: I, I don't think those are going to happen.
1: I've been surprised like looking through Bills site and 49ers site uh their their sites. I guess it's because both of them are in that rebuilding phase and their fans aren't really concerned with whether or not they win or lose. Um nobody really cared. I'm like reading the 49ers site and nobody was like, "Oh, the Panthers let it. We let them off the hook. We should have beat that team. They're not that good anyway. They're all like, "Yeah, the Panthers are pretty good." Um it's whatever. Yeah.
2: I'm disappointed in two things about that. Number one, the guy who claimed that Star Lutulele wasn't any good, he didn't come back and eat crow. <laughs> uh, and, and number two, I predicted on the five questions with Niners Nation, I predicted that the Panthers would win 27-10. Uh, to 10.
1: Oh, man, look at you.
2: And three or four comments in a row, one of them was, you know, 10 points, LOL, we scored more than 10 points a game with Jim Tom Suler as our coach. <laughs> you know, the reply was, well, he's entitled to his opinion, but yeah, LOL, he's not going to score. We're, we're going to score more than 10 points. It, you know, it, it's Kyle Shanahan's offense. And the next one, 10 points, LOL, more like 34-3 <laughs> 49ers. Uh, I haven't heard a peep out of those That's guys. That's
1: funny. And, you they...
2: know, they were right, though. The 49ers didn't score 10 points. Um,
1: <laughs> it was good. But
2: yeah, it, it made me feel good. I was close to being right.
1: That was a, yeah, that was not a, not too far off. Um, I think they, uh, had illusions of grandeur seeing Kyle Shanahan's offense last year and then forgetting that, uh, Brian Hoyer is not Matt Ryan, uh, Pierre Garcon is not, uh, Julio Jones, and so on and so forth down the list. Yeah. So it
2: happens to the best of us.
1: Yeah. Um, so that was the the one thing that I got the most amusement out of from the 49ers fans reading, leading up to last week and especially after the game. If you thought Panther fans hated Byron Bell and then Mike Rimmers, you have no idea the 49ers fans feelings towards Zane Beatles are double that. <laughs> Every like you cannot read an article or a comment without somebody bashing Zane Beatles. They, That's odd. They do, do not like him one bit. He is, he is their least favorite. But Like, if you pulled, like, the 49ers fan base and said, who's your least favorite 49er? Or which 49er player would you most like to see get replaced? I'm sure it's on a personal thing. Uh, I'm sure 98% of the vote would be Zane Beatles, which is weird for a guard.
2: Yeah, he's, yeah.
1: Like, tackles, more understandable. They're very they're much more at the forefront because it's much easier to see when they give up pressure. But uh, they're all Who about. Who cares about the guard? They do. They're big big fans of <laughs> big fans of Trash and their starting guard. Um That's funny. They have a doom meter and like the like how doomed are the 49ers and the worst option was Zane Beatles doomed, which means super <laughs> <it's> like super <laughs> duper extra doomed. Like that's how much that's, funny. that's how much they despise Zane Beatles starting for them. So yeah, we, we maybe we weren't so bad off with Mike Rummers and Byron Bell.
2: No, we were. <laughs>
1: I guess we're just, we just were much better, uh, containing our resentment, I guess. I who, okay. Debate, embrace debate. Who was Byron Bell or at left tackle, Mike Rimmers at right tackle? Who are you taking if you have to pick one? And who do you think if the I Panthers, pick one? if you think the Panthers, like fan base as a whole, like if we had to go back to either Mike Rimmers or Byron Bell, who do you think the Panthers fan base dislikes less?
2: Mike Rimmers at right tackle. Yeah, I think so. He was actually pretty decent at right tackle. I mean, he just, he never stood a chance at left tackle. And that's not really his fault, you know? Yeah. I mean, we stuck him out there. And honestly, if the Super Bowl never would have happened, he wouldn't be getting nearly as much grief from Panthers fans as he does.
1: Yeah, you're probably right.
2: And I mean, yeah, it's the Super Bowl. It's like the, you know, the biggest game of your career. And you looked like crap, but. In his defense, the field was a skating rink and he was lined up against Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware. I mean you know, yeah. a right tackle playing left tackle is gonna lose that every time.
1: He um yeah, I think he definitely drew some extra ire for the after the Super Bowl loss, so you know, put a micro he put him under a microscope to where every mistake he made last season was was magnified. But yeah, I think he's he's a borderline starter quality tackle like you probably would like to upgrade on over him like we did but if you stuck with him starting at right tackle you're not it's not the end of your season like having byron bell starting at left tackle was
2: yes that that's pretty much how i feel about it too i i if i had to choose i would choose almost anything over byron (laughs) bell at left tackle
1: hasn't he been good at guard for like dallas or somebody lately or do they hate him? Yeah,
2: too? yeah, they they kicked him into guard, and I mean, I think they still hate him because you know <laughs> everybody hates their offensive line. But yeah, he, he's actually pretty good as a guard,
1: which isn't surprising. I mean, that fits his skill set better, I think. Yeah, he's not athletic enough to play tackle, but he's big and strong. Let him push some people around on the inside where he's got help around him.
2: I mean, he's certainly better than Nate Chandler.
1: God, we've had some bad offensive linemen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we're not we're not in such a bad shape now. Uh, we've done a good job on that front. We're like, yeah, we, we have depth. But I mean, we're good with starters. I think every team in the NFL needs depth on the offensive line. Like, I,
2: I think so too, yeah, I would agree with that. Would
1: would if 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 you pulled every single fan base and just said like yes or no, you have enough depth on the off you feel good about the depth on your offensive line, every single one would say no. Because that that drops off quickly. Man, this Bengals game is out of control. Um We saw a dive over the pilot from the twenty yard line to try to convert a fourth and two. Weird stuff. Breaking news for you, those of you listening on Friday because so we talk about the Bengals and Texans game. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you still there?
0: I am here, yeah.
1: You enjoying listening to us?
0: Yeah. It's a good time.
1: <laughs> Do you have any any say on the Mike Rummers Byron Bell debate? Hot in the street. It's it's Mike Rumers
0: by far. Yeah. At least he can play right tackle somewhat. Yeah.
1: Um yeah, I agree with all that. I did not know if you guys it, I don't know if there'd be any recency bias where we kind of forgotten how bad it was having Byron Bell out there, especially like with. No, Brad, I
2: don't think anybody's forgotten that.
1: Especially with Brad, like you said, when we had him book into with Nate Chandler.
2: Oh, oh God. God, those were... dark days. Is that is that like
1: is that who <laughs> yeah. our starting starting tackles were against the Eagles that one game when Cam got sacked yes. like nine times by Connor Barr? Yeah, I,
2: I was legitimately worried about Cam Newton's like health. <laughs> that day and it w- it was Byron Bell and Nate Chandler and oh my god that was horrible <laughs> for, for you Panthers fans who are listening on Friday morning it, and those of you who are new to Panthers fandom you know because of the 15 and 1 season which is fine you know we're not going to judge anyone cuz if you're still here then you're fine cuz if you survived last year and and you're still here then you're a fan doesn't matter yeah. when you start yeah um but You've missed a lot of bad,
3: bad, <laughs> yeah.
2: like we had Byron Bell and Nate Chandler were, were our tackles protecting Cam Newton, and it, it's as bad as it sounds. Like I, I think we could have probably found just two random dudes like playing in the German NFL <laughs> or whatever, and they would have been just, just as good.
1: I think – to 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 it, illustrate how bad they were, both of them, I'm pretty sure, are still in their 20s. One is not in the NFL anymore, and one doesn't play that position anymore. And they were our starting yeah. offensive tackles.
2: They were our starting offensive tackles. For, for what? Like, the whole year? Most it of it, I like, think.
1: Yeah.
2: Like, it's not like they were only there because of emergency. It was like, that's who we rolled with. And...
1: Yeah, Nate Chandler's a nice guy. We don't really know. He's not really good in any position, but he's nice enough to keep around. We're going to try him at this right tackle thing. He's never done it before. He should be fine doing Yeah, that that's right, that. He should He'd be fine, fine against the best athletes in the world learning a new position.
2: Yeah. I mean, props to him because he played like every position on the field <laughs> at, at some point. Like he was a – a tight end a defensive lineman an offensive lineman a center I think he like kicked one time I mean <laughs> probably I mean, line up every... up
1: a, I think we lined up at the safety play a play or two
2: yeah I mean it, it's nuts
1: is there anything else you wanted to uh to touch on tonight Brian so we
0: no I think we're good
1: so what do you guys think the score Got is... the bills
0: and Sean McDermott
1: you guys, oh, go ahead what's your score prediction do you want to give a score prediction?
0: I'm going to go with uh, 24 to 13, Panthers. It's a
1: solid score prediction, Brad. I think I've seen yours, right? You've been posting it about all abouts on the internet.
2: Yeah, I usually post mine two or three times. I, I think I said 28-20. Yeah, I think that's
1: what I, I, I saw. It was 28-20 2820 or twenty twenty one. 21 one or the other. Either way, it's it's same ballpark. Um, I don't. I think I, don't, I still don't. I don't trust us to convert in the red zone as much as we should. I'll say like twenty seven, twenty seven ten.
0: So basically, all Panthers wins.
1: Bills, oh Bills, Bills win.
0: Yeah. Oh Bills win.
1: Okay, <laughs> all right. No, no, yeah, Pan- Panthers win. Pan- I mean, don't we have a better like the expert picks than more experts pick the Panthers. Oh, all experts in quotes pick the know, experts
0: Pan- on SB Nation all pick the Panthers. So. That was
1: not the case last week, though, right?
0: No, three no. of them picked the 49ers last year. Three week. of them
1: did. Out of how many? Like yeah. eight? But
0: the Niners were also nine. in week one, so that's true for like the last <laughs> six years or something like that. So oh, yeah,
1: I,
2: could, I couldn't be mad at them for picking the 49ers because of that, and they were at home. You know, the home team tends to get a little bit more rope. Yeah. Yeah.
1: When we do our pickems, I always have a hard time picking road teams unless it's like a huge gulf in talent. It's really hard to pick road teams to win. If they're anywhere, yeah. Still though, three people. I'm glad we snapped yeah. their streak, though. That's a big, big accomplishment that hasn't gotten enough credit yet. That we snapped their six-game win streak.
0: <laughs> Not the best uh, accomplishment they have over the last six
1: years, but yeah, yeah, we ruined it for them. Good for us. We
0: <laughs>
2: ruined their season.
1: <laughs> we it's ruined. All over. We ruined the one good thing they had going for them.
0: Well, um. Hit the hour mark here, guys. So, uh, any other final thoughts or closing thoughts here?
1: Uh, no? Yeah, I think I'm all set. I think I I talked a lot. Got everything out there. Yeah, yeah you I always do.
0: You I, always I, do. Um,
1: you should see me off the podcast. It's even worse.
0: Yeah, it's true. I've been there. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, join us next week for some recaps of the uh, Buffalo Bills game. Hopefully it's a, it's a positive recap. But this is the 4th and Short Podcast with uh, John and Brad, and we'll catch you guys later.
1: See you next week.
0: Later.